0: Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. Good morning, Link Church. Good morning, y'all. You can take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Good to see everybody today. Wow, you guys are looking good. Um, You guys are are looking rested. We didn't have church last week, so um, it's good to see everybody today. Today is um, our Legacy Offering Day, and we're excited to take a moment today to really ask God what he wants us to give in terms of an offering to his church unto him. Um, We do this at the end of the year. I'm not the pastor that always trying to pull money out of your pocket. But at this time of the year, we take a moment to say, ask God what he wants you to give, what he wants you to sacrifice. I won't give you a a dollar figure. I won't say, hey, you got to give a certain amount because everybody's at a different place. And your sacrifice is not my sacrifice and my sacrifice is not your sacrifice. And so we want you to give that sacrifice unto the Lord today. And we're gonna do that part at the end of the sermon, <clears throat> the end of the service, and we want you to participate and, and really um, get in this moment. It's such a blessed moment when you can give. When you can sacrifice unto the Lord, it's a blessing, it's an opportunity. Not everybody has this opportunity. And when you give unto the Lord, It opens up so many blessings in your life. I mean, wow. It opens up so many blessings in your life. And it's not a vending machine type of thing where you put in a certain amount of money and you get what you want back. But God will bless you. It may not come in the way you expect, but trust me, there's a blessing in giving. And so we're going to get to that part. But before we get there, I got a word, guys. I got a sermon that um, I've, been brew- I've been brewing, marinating. I've been slow cooking it. Um, because we didn't have church last week, I was wondering how this really fits with legacy. Um, but it does fit. And I think God wants to talk to us out of Luke chapter 1 today. Luke chapter 1, we're going to be reading verses 5 through 13. And then I think i got to read 18 through 20. When you got it, you can stand. And I'll read it in your hearing, New King James Version. It says, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense Where when he came, went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell on him. Verse 13, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John let's go to verse 18 and Zacharias said to the angel how shall I know this for I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years and the angel answered and said to him I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the days these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. Remain standing. I'm going to pray. Today's subject is seeds of doubt seeds of doubt father we thank you for this moment this moment where we can hear your word where your word can do its work in our hearts let it do its work today we thank you for the victory in Jesus name amen you may be seated (coughs) y'all feeling good all right Um, Y'all know how we do. i like y'all to talk back to me. Seeds of doubt. It's Christmas time, and during this time of year, there's a lot of joy in the air. There's a lot of laughter. Um, It it just feels good. Maybe this is the time of year that you go to holiday parties and, and you eat good. And you got the yams and you got the mac and cheese. You got the greens. It just feels good. You spend time with family. I don't know if that's good for you or not because some family crazy. But you spend time with family this time of year. And everybody in the malls and shopping, everybody's happy. People are holding the door for people. And it's just Christmas time. But amidst all of the joy, all of the happiness, God began to speak to me about something that we we are dealing with as individuals, that the joy and the happiness on the outside is not always an indication of some of the things that lie on the inside that we wrestle with. And today, I want to talk about doubt. Because you can be happy-go-lucky and be skipping in the mall and be buying gifts for your kids and for your spouse and for your friends. But on the inside, you could be struggling with doubt. Doubt that things will ever work out for you. Doubt that, that things will ever change for you. You're doubting that somehow this is going to be the year. 2019 is going to be the year that you will experience all of the goals that you've been praying about, that you've been crying about, that you've been talking to God about. And I believe there are people in this auditorium today that that were happy in this time of year, But deep down, we're struggling with doubt. And in our text today, I wanna talk to you about Zacharias and Elizabeth. Now, you may not know anybody named Zacharias. I don't know either anybody named Zacharias, so we're just gonna call this guy Zach. And we're gonna call him Zach because that's easy for us to pronounce and easy for us to understand. And this guy named Zach, the Bible says he was a priest. So Talia, if he, if he was a priest, that means he was religious. That means he performed religious duties. That means every time um, it was his scheduled time to go into the temple, he would perform priestly du- duties. And in our text in Luke chapter 1, There was a specific time when it was his lot, his time to go into the temple and offer up incense. Now, if you know anything about the temple or the tabernacle and how it was situated, you know that there were three compartments to the tent or the tabernacle, the temple. You had the outer court. Then you had the inner court that had two separate divisions or places you had the holy place and the most holy place that sat behind the veil but in the inner court in the holy place was where you had the altar of incense and the table of shoebread, and you had various furniture in the holy place and that is the place in which Zacharias or Zach was standing on that day he was by himself Because only the priest that was separated by God and ordained by God could go into the holy place. So everybody else stood outside in the outer court and they were waiting for Zach to offer uh, this incense up to God. It was the prayers of the people that was going up to God. And in this moment, Zach is startled. Because the angel Gabriel appears unto him and says to him, Zach, I have heard your prayer and you will have a son and you will call his name John. Now, we must hone in on the reaction of Zach because my question to you is what do you do when God comes to you and speaks to you about your promise? How do you react? And Zacharias reacted in a normal way, probably like how you and I would react. Um, uh, See, the thing about church people is that Christians feel like we've got it all together. And like if God came to us uh, about something we've been praying about for years and said it was going to happen, we think that we would jump and shout and give praises to God and say thank you because we feel like we got it all together. But the but the more human reaction is what Zach and how Zach reacted. He said, wait, what? I'm going to have a what? How can this happen? Because I'm now old, and Elizabeth is old, and this scripture trips me up. It trips me out because Zach doubts, and he says, "I don't know how this can happen, because it's been so long." So, so you got to answer this question, Gabriel, and Gabriel causes a dumb spirit or mutes him, causes uh, some kind of um, a complication to come in his mouth so that he's unable to speak. And he basically curses Zach with this mute spirit because Zach doubted. Now, I don't know about you, if this is the only scripture in the Bible that I've ever read, I can understand God muting Zach because he has doubted. It makes sense to me because it makes sense that God would want Zach to believe in the promise. But this is not the only scripture I've ever read. In fact, if you keep reading Luke chapter 1, you will see another appearance by Gabriel. And this time he appears to Mary. So this is, how, this is how it makes sense around this time. We're talking about Zach and Elizabeth because it ties and it makes sense and it coincides with Mary. And Mary is visited by Gabriel and Gabriel says, Mary, you are highly favored. You are, you are special. You are chosen by God to carry the Savior of the world, to carry the Messiah, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. You will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from his sins. He will be Emmanuel, God with us. Gabriel speaks all of this to to Mary and what was Mary's response yeah 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 <laughs> we, we don't talk about Mary's response we talk about how blessed and favored Mary was but have we ever checked her response did she worship God did she praise God did she thank God nah y'all she didn't do that she said How can this be? Because I do not know a man. So in other words, Mary questioned Gabriel just like Zach. What happened to Mary? Did Mary get mute? I'm I'm calling discrimination, y'all. I'm calling discrimination. Uh, somehow God is discriminating against the brothers. Yeah. Zach gets the short end of the stick. He gets muted, but Mary, nothing happens to her, but she had a question just like Zach did. And the question is, why is Mary not muted like Zach? I thought God was an even God. I thought God was a no-respecter-of-persons type of God. I thought that God did not uh, uh, favor you over me and that he was an equal God. Well, the text doesn't tell me this, but I believe perhaps Mary... There's no consequence for her question because she did not pray for Jesus. Y'all got to get with me today. (coughs) Mary never prayed to be the one that would carry the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. She was startled. She did not expect it. God just threw this responsibility on her. God just threw this favor on her. Uh, uh, Mary is an example of when God just blesses you out of nowhere with something you did not ask for. Yeah, when God just rains down favor in your life, it's not like you prayed for this promotion. It's not like you prayed for this opportunity. It's not like you prayed to get into this university, but somehow God just dropped it in your lap. And I believe that when you get unexpected blessings and miracle, maybe there's some grace there. Maybe there's some room there. But I want to show you, if you could put up verse 13, that that the angel says to Zach, don't be afraid, for your prayer is heard. Zach prayed for this son. For years, Zach prayed for this son. This is something he cried about. This is something he pleaded to God about. He was a religious man. He was connected to God, but he was still a doubter. And I want to talk to somebody today that to let you know that your religion doesn't compensate for your doubt. Hmm. Your religion cannot mask your doubt. Yeah. yo, Your coming to church does not take away your doubt because you can still come to church and still be doubting. You can still come to church and still be questioning and be uncertain. I want to tell you that all of the rituals in the world does not make you a believer. I want to preach to somebody today that you should come to church you should read your Bible you should pray but somehow Christianity has become filled with ritualism and filled with religion as if the more religion you perform is the more belief you will have but the two do not coincide because Zach was a priest and yet when the thing that he prayed about was answered by god he was in doubt i feel god in here and there could be somebody in here that has been praying for so long has been asking god for something for so long that when god finally decides to show up it has been so long and your prayers are so stale that you no longer believe. And the first seed of doubt I wanna talk about is time. I got two seeds of doubt. Time is the first seed of doubt (laughs) because when time does not work in your favor, it causes you to doubt. In other words, if what you're praying for takes too long, you will begin to question whether or not God is really going to do it. Yeah, and there's somebody in here That time is not working in your favor, but time is working against you. And you've been praying about it for a while. You've been wondering why it's taking God so long to open up that door. It's the first thing that you think about when you wake up. It's the last thing that you think about when you go to sleep. And you're saying, God, how long are you going to wait And the devil uses time against your brain. He uses time against your thoughts. And he makes you feel like you can't wait any longer. He makes you feel like if God was really your boy, and if God was really your Lord, and if God was your friend, then why would he make you wait so long? hallelujah why would he make you wait for it and the devil speaks in your ear and he says god doesn't really love you god doesn't care about you or else it would have happened last year for you it would have happened last month for you and 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 you wouldn't have to wait for it and the first seed of doubt is time Because the devil creeps into time, and he uses the doubt against you. You see, the devil, one of his greatest tactics is doubt. You know, he used it with Jesus. When Jesus was, was prayed for in the Jordan River, and he started his ministry, Jesus went into the wilderness. And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights and the devil met him. And the first thing the devil said, he said, if thou be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. The biggest word in that statement is or question is if doubt. What do you do when the devil says if God really loved you? You would have found companionship by now. If God really loved you, you wouldn't have to struggle in your finances like that. If God really loved you, your parents wouldn't always be fighting. If God really loved you, your parents would have not gotten divorced. If God really loved you, then you would have gotten the promotion. Uh huh. Not, 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 not the other person. You would have gotten it. And what do you do when time is working against you? It causes us to doubt. Because doubt is a place that stands in between belief and unbelief. Doubt is a place of uncertainty. You can still come to church and doubt. Because it's not that you don't believe. But, but you can't really walk in your full promise because you don't fully believe either. And what do you do when you're living life in the middle here? Yeah. When you're living life in a land called doubt and you're not really sure if, if that's the school you should go to. You're not really sure if you should get that degree. You're not really sure if this is the job for you. You're living in a place called doubt. And the devil wants to use time against you. I got another seed of doubt. These seeds of doubt get planted into our spirit. They get planted into our thought life. The second seed of doubt that I want to talk about is failure. (laughs) Failure. (coughs) Because Zachariah, Zach, and Elizabeth, they must have tried time and time again to have a son Mm -hmm. and failed. Y'all ain't with me today. You see, In those days, there was no medical technology, there was no medical science to let them know what the issue was. They didn't know if it was her or if it was him. Mm -hmm. But somehow, they deemed it that it was always the woman's fault. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Like, like if, if you couldn't have kids, it's got to be the girl, right? It's got to be the woman's fault. And back then, um, the Bible is true when it says that Elizabeth was barren. In this case, she was barren. But I'm sure there were many instances when the woman was incorrectly blamed right, right. because they just did not know. Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you try and try again and you fail and on top of failing, you don't know why you are failing. I hear God in here today. Um, um, you, you're trying to get. See, see, I know what it's like to try and fail because I tried three times to get into graduate school, and I and I failed until the third time I actually got into the school of my choice, and it took me years. To get there and the first time I tried I failed and I said there's got to be something wrong is it me what's going on I don't know what the issue is what do you do can you get back on the horse when you have failed time and time again the angel comes to Zach in this moment where he's probably he probably has given up Because the thing about failure is that failure creates doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Listen, listen. Um, The difference between hmm, a great quarterback and a mediocre quarterback is not often talent. It's confidence. Y'all, y'all, y'all. In sports, Michael Jordan, to me, he's the best. Listen, we can have this talk after church. Don't come with that LeBron stuff. Listen, MJ, the the reason why MJ is MJ, he had great talent, but he was extremely confident. The reason why Steph Curry can pull it from 35 feet in the game is because he is confident that the ball is going in the hoop. You don't think that anybody else could shoot from the distance that Steph Curry can before Steph Curry came along? Of course they could, but they didn't have the confidence to do it in the game. But he came out there and said, I can make the shot from here. I'll pull it in your grill. I'll make this shot. But if you fail. You will see doubt creep in. And. And and somebody in here is doubting that God will do what he has promised because you have failed and you have failed and you have failed and you have failed. And And you're wondering. You're wondering. If you try it again, will you fail again? Failure is causing you to be gun shy. You can't shoot your shot anymore because you failed. My God in here and you're afraid. What happens if I try again and it does not work out? Because doubt is now living at your house. A seed of doubt has been planted in your mind because you failed the first time and Zach and Elizabeth they tried to have John and they failed they tried again and they failed they tried again and they failed and they came to the point where when God answered him they had failed so much that he doubted God and I want to talk to somebody in here I want to speak a word over your life that if you would have the faith to try again, I feel God in here. That if you would just have the strength in your spirit to say, God, I'm going to try again i'm gonna try again to get into the school of my dreams i'm gonna try again to get that promotion i'm gonna try again to start the business somebody in here needs to try again Yeah, you can't worry about failure. You've got to know that your God cannot fail. And if it does not happen when you try, it's because God does not want it to happen right now. There's a difference between it not happening now and it not happening at all. But if God has promised it to you, he is not a man that he should. Lie. I feel God in this auditorium today. Somebody has given up on their dreams. Somebody has given up on their business. Somebody in here has given up on their goals. But if you would just say, I trust you, God. I believe you, God. And if I fail again, it's okay. Because I know you promised it to me. I know you showed it to me maybe God spoke to you through a sermon about it maybe God spoke to you in a dream maybe you got it through a vision maybe a friend called you up and spoke into your thought and into your spirit but somehow God has given you a word as to your goal as to what you need to accomplish and I want to come against the spirit of failure in here today You cannot allow the past to dictate your future. (laughs) Because God cannot lie. I feel glory, hallelujah. God cannot lie. And somewhere along the line, he promised Zach a son. He promised Zach a son, and Zach started to doubt. And I want to tell you, y'all probably think I'm lost. You're probably saying, Pastor, what in the world does this have to do with legacy? You're talking about doubt. You're lost, Pastor. I'm not lost. I'm not lost because when I looked at the text, I realized that what Zach and Elizabeth went through was all about John. It wasn't about them. It was about John the Baptist that was coming out of them. And when Zach and Elizabeth think that it's about them, they miss it. Because they're really the sacrifice that has to be made in order for John to come forth. Oh, I feel y'all. I, I, I feel this thing because if you look at your situation incorrectly, you will miss God. Because what God is trying to do in you is bigger than you. Hallelujah. And what, what God wants to pull out of your life, the purpose that God has in your life is bigger than you. It's, it's about legacy. Legacy. It's about what's coming out of you. You just may be the sacrificial lamb in order for John the Baptist to come forth. Yeah. And in order for something as someone as powerful as John the Baptist to come, there's got to be a place of barrenness. I feel this thing. Somebody has to make a sacrifice in order for power to be procured. And the problem with this generation is that we want everything fast. But I'm telling you, when God lets it marinate a little bit, it's that much much more powerful. Because John the Baptist was an exceptional man. He was like no other man. The Bible says he was filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb. I don't know about you, but that ain't happened to me, Osby. I told you all about Pastor Marcus, right? Yeah, yeah, there was some Pastor Marcus days, my other self, where, where I didn't come out the womb saved. But John the Baptist came out. Nobody laid hands on him. Nobody spoke into his ear. He didn't have to go to a tarry service. John the Baptist got the Holy Ghost from the womb. John the Baptist came out preaching. John the Baptist lived in the wilderness John the Baptist wore camel's hair he didn't even wear regular clothes he wo- he ate wild locusts and honey John the Baptist was, was, a, was a, a strange man he was a unique man because he had a unique purpose it was about John the Baptist and I want to tell y'all in here today that God wants to do something powerful in you. The purpose in you is bigger than you. That's why you're going through the struggle. That's why you're going through the sacrifice. That's why you have been crying. That's why you have been waiting. Is because John the Baptist is inside of your ministry. John the Baptist is inside of your purpose. John the Baptist is inside of your gift. John the Baptist is in your career. John the Baptist is in your business. But you can't cry because you're struggling. Because God wants to bring something out of you that is more powerful than even you are. It's about John. So as you sacrifice today... It's not about you. It's this generation, we, <coughs> we all are, are, are very self-centered. So we throw money at God expecting to get something for ourselves. But perhaps the seed that you drop today is about somebody else. Oh, oh. I'm telling y'all, Link Church won't always look like this, But, but maybe you got the privilege today to put a down payment on something that will happen down the road, and somebody great And something powerful, a revival, something great that shapes a community, that changes a school, that changes a city, will come out of your sacrifice. He's looking for a Zach and Elizabeth to say, you know what? I will endure this. I will endure the pain. I will endure the struggle because because of what God wants to bring out of me. Now, that's where I would have stopped the message last week. But because I got another week to marinate on it, y'all know I'm not going to waste a week. I'm going to go back into the text. And when I looked at the text again, I realized that at first I thought that what Zach and Elizabeth went through was about John the Baptist. But I realized It wasn't really about John the Baptist. It was about Jesus. All right. Let me explain because y'all looking confused. John the Baptist is the forerunner of Jesus. (laughs) Y'all still looking confused. Um, Every king is preceded by a voice. When a king enters a city, he is announced. Okay, um, we got some folk here from England. When the queen arrives, she doesn't come by herself. But there are people that proceed her arrival. When the president comes to Charlotte, let's say, there is an announcement that he's coming. Yeah. And if Jesus is a king, If he is the king that sits on the throne of David, if he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, if he really is the Messiah, he needs an announcement. And Jesus cannot be Jesus without a John. Yeah. And, and, and we thought Zach and Elizabeth were barren because they were birthing John. Yeah, they were birthing John, but John is connected to Jesus because Jesus has to fulfill the scriptures. And if Isaiah says that Jesus will have a forerunner, That will declare there is one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. If Isaiah says that in the Old Testament, Jesus has to fulfill it. So, John, when he's baptizing in the River Jordan, I wish I had helped today. When he's baptizing in the River Jordan, John looks and he sees Jesus coming and he points to Jesus and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which comes to take away the sins of the world. Without John, there is no Jesus. Because there is no announcement of who he is without John. Jesus isn't baptized in the river Jordan. Without John, there is no voice from heaven that comes down and says, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Without John, there is no Jesus. So Zach and Elizabeth were really birthing John because John was connected to Jesus. And the legacy that you've got to plant today is not about you. It's about Jesus. Jesus, I feel God in here today. If you know anything about the connection between John the Baptist and Jesus, John was not his uncle. John was not his father. John was his cousin. And they were six months apart, which means that John grew up when Jesus grew up, which means that John was in the prime of his ministry. When he made the announcement to say, he here comes jesus here comes the lamb john was in the prime of his ministry and john the baptist if you know when he died he died very young mm-hmm. he died before jesus's ministry was over he was beheaded which means that john the baptist was uh, had a short life so O's B. If John the Baptist came and was born when Elizabeth and Zach wanted him to be, he would have missed Jesus. Oh, y'all ain't here. He would have missed Jesus. So John's birth had to be held up waiting for Jesus. Oh and, and your promise is not that your promise is not coming, it's that it's waiting on Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if God gives it to you too early, it doesn't work. Yeah. And you're doubting because you can't wait. And God is sitting in heaven, and he's saying, if you could just wait, I'm tying it together. Because if you get John the Baptist now, he has his ministry, but he dies before Jesus arrives. And there is nobody to declare the Lamb of God which disqualifies Jesus from being the Messiah because he needs an announcer. And yeah, you didn't get it when you wanted it, but if you don't doubt, you can have it when you're supposed to. And I want to tell somebody in here today that what you're about to do and what you're about to give is not for what you see right now. It's for a John that's coming. It's for, it's for people that are coming and getting baptized. It, it's, it's, for, it's for kids in the school that need to know that Jesus loves them. It, it's, it's for people in the community that need a difference made in their lives. What you're giving to, don't miss it, y'all. What you're giving to is not for you. It's for a legacy. And if we could be more concerned about a legacy, then we would do more with what we have. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.